just before the words, there's something that I love strongly leading my heart. This, this, uh, and I'll just read this, um, this um, Bible passage quickly for us. Um, this is in Mark chapter 3, verse 23 to 27. Uh, Mark 3, 23 to 27. Let's share from my heart. It says, Yes, so he called them to himself and said to them in parables. He said, How can Satan cast out Satan? He said, If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, he said, That house cannot stand. He said, And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. So no one can enter a strong man's house and thunder his good unless he first binds the strong man and then he will thunder his house. One thing that the Lord is us telling us before the message is this is unity must reign. You know, I mean I know last month in the month of July, precisely on Sunday the seventeenth of July, there was a message that the Lord shared here, it says united front. And in the last few days, on tours of this particular Bible passage, something I would love to preach on again, but like God is just telling us to go back and listen to that message because, as it says there, that if we are divided against another, He says we cannot stand, we cannot succeed. That is the truth. It doesn't matter which denomination, whatever it is, if there's that differences in our home, there is no way you can succeed the way God wants us to succeed. And that's what God is saying. You know, and you know, I was in a place yesterday and the person talked about the percentage in UK. Talk about the, 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 the LGBTQ people. You know, when they look at their percentage in UK, they're just 17 and a half percent. But the force, they look as if they are 80%. Because they are united. That's the truth. Whether it is lesbian, whether it is gay. Whatever the Q is, whatever it is, name it together. And look at that teaser, whether different denomination, those called it LGBTQ. But they are united. They protect one another. And there is a, there, I mean, the force is serious that they can change, you know, uh, rules and, you know, and look at an island, to be honest, when we did the same sex referendum, the force. Not that. Because. Somehow, the household of faith, we are not united. Somehow. You know, we are, let me put it this way, we are busy, let's call it, minding our own personal <coughs> businesses, our home. And, and that's the truth. And these people, they are here to take over. But the church must wake up. That's the truth. And the church waking up means that we must be united. Different faces for same purpose. I encourage us to listen to that message. It's on SoundCloud and by God's grace. Um, you can listen to it and we'll pray that, you know, and God will remove the differences in our hearts, in our homes. Because this unity starts from the family, starts in the home. Once the home is united, it's easier to come to the church, it's easier to come to the places of work and it spreads and spreads by God's grace. Amen. Amen. This message says the successful Christian. The successful Christian. 
And our main text is taken from the book of Romans, uh, two main texts from the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. The word of God reads there. It says, um, I read in two different translations. The New King James says, and do not be conformed to this world. He said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And in the NLT, he says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. He said, but you, let God allow him. God will not force our thinking to change, but it's for you to allow him to change those thinking. Amen. Amen. And in Philippians 2, verse 5, that many of us know, I love that scripture. He said, but let this mind, let this mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, be in you. Let that mind also, which was in Christ Jesus, let it be in you. And that is the way, because I believe everybody wants to be successful. Nobody wants to be a failure. You don't go to the place of work to, to you don't go out to the tomorrow uh, and expect to come back defeated or to come back a failure or you know you go out to make whatever you want to do so that at the end of the day you have a sense of whatever achievements or goals that you set out to do and that's why we go out or whether you send your children to school you send them to school because you expect them to be successful not just successful in education, but successful in the future. So you are providing or doing those things that you are doing. The sacrifices you are making is because you want to have a certain amount of success. And that's what the Bible says in the book of Joshua chapter 1. It says, you know, that as we meditate, as we all do all those things, therein lies our success. Because he wants us to be successful. Amen. Dr. John 2 says, you know, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper. The word of God says he wants you to prosper. Be successful. Prosper spiritually, physically, financially, marriage. I mean, prosperity in all fronts is God's desire for us. So there's nothing wrong to say, you know, you want to, you want to be successful. It is biblical. But one thing is that to be, to be that successful Christian, the successful Christian is who or she simply means what they profess. That is who the successful Christian is. You are what you profess. The Word of God says in Proverbs chapter 23, it says, verse 7 says that, you know what, as you think, so you are. That's why Romans 12 too goes back. It says, your thought is what you actually play out naturally. That is the truth. What is in your heart is somehow, naturally, it comes out. Your thoughts. So that is why God is saying, our mind must be transformed. And that's why he says also in the book of Matthew chapter 12, from verse 36, he said, but I say to you that every idle word men may speak. He said, they will give account for every idle word you speak. And that says in 37, says, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Your words, your thoughts. That's why we must take control by the grace of God. That is why we must meditate and study this word of God. And in Revelation chapter 5, from verse 9, I'm just giving you all these messages, Bible trans all these Bible passages, so that we can reflect on them. 
He says, and they sang a song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. He says, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings, priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Amen. Amen. And I have a question, not a trick question. Who are you? Anyone? Who are you? It's not a trick question. Everybody was smiling. Yes. Yes. Are we shy? Child of God, but I'm a sinner. I'm lazy. <laughs> I don't need the word as often as I should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like as I told you, so I do a couple of Bible studies at home, but I don't do them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watch television. No, I'm your wife. I'm your wife. Yeah, rather than spend time with God. Yeah, and yeah, like I tend to beat myself up because of that. Yeah, and I wish I could be more disciplined. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so it should be in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, thank you, John. Thank you, Kate. So the question is, you know, the reason I ask that question is that sometimes a lot of us, we are shy of our true identity. Like, John was very honest about where he is and where he wants to go. But we must know that when God sees us, God sees us as the finished work. He says we are overcomer. Who am I? I am an overcomer. It doesn't mean challenges are not there. But because the price has been paid, the work has been finished. Do you understand? I am an overcomer. We read in Sunday school. It says sin will not have dominion over us. Why? Because Jesus has paid the price. Therefore, as I do what he asked me to do, sin will not have dominion over me. So, who, who am I? I am overcomer. I'm an overcomer. Who am I? He says he has paid the price. That's why I read that word there. He says that, you know what, with that blood, that price has been paid. Who am I? Who are you? It's not what you think you are, but it's what you know that your father says you are. You see, Look at the United Kingdom now. One man was Prince Charles. And today is King Charles. We look at his children too. Can someone, if they tell him, who are you, Williams? Will he say, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm a British citizen? Will he say that? No, he will tell you, I'm the prince. Because he knows he was born into royalty. And for us, we have a greater kingdom. But somehow, should I use the word, we hide, we try to say we are humble. And whereas, it's not humility. We shy from our true identity. 
and it robs us because somehow it translates in our faces that people know you are not confident in who you are. They can see. That's why we must raise. When the LGBTQ people, when they move, ah, they know who they are. They move with the force, with the confidence, the smile, and they go and they tell us to evangelize now. How many of us they take a placard with boldness and joy and you know where I'm coming from? Because somehow we are shy, but maybe timid, and it is rubbing off. Because, you know, the Bible says you cannot hide light. It's impossible. And we are that light. But, you see, it is, the enemy cannot hide that. It is you, our belief. That's why our currency is faith. It's not how you feel. It's but what God says. Who are you? You know, when I say I am God, why? Because the word of God says I am God. It says he made us as God to Pharaoh. So it's not arrogant, it's not an arrogant statement. Because it is what God has said. And that is my identity. Do you understand? And that is the boldness God wants us to try to move. And those are the boldness, the kind of thing that we must instill in our children as well. As they grow up in this society, wherever they are. They boldly know who they are, and the world can see. Doesn't matter. That's why, and that is the way we can be successful. A lot of Nigerians, you know, today they don't have money, you know, and you know, and where they go into, they talk as if they have it, and when you meet them, you believe they have it, <laughs> but that's the truth, and you're ready to. You know, do business and partner with them and they just dupe you. I'm not saying that all, all Nigerians are not like that. But I'm just trying to say that because there is something and because they cannot believe it. There is a movie, I don't know, um, I don't know what it's called, Miss Woman, I know it, Netflix. The lady that. Uh, Reinventing Anna. If you haven't watched it, please, just watch it. Do you understand? Just watch it. Let me not talk about it. You know, because in a single nutshell, she believed. And because she believed, she was successful in the things that she believed in. Do you understand? The power of belief. Ah, it's, it's so it's, it's strong. And we too must wake up and believe. And that's how we can be successful. That's why God has called us priests, called us children of the Most High. He has paid the price for us. He says in Romans chapter 8, can you imagine verse 17? When we meditate on this word, it says, and if children, it says, then hears and hears of God and joint hears, that is who you are, joint hears with Jesus. Equal. He says, and yes, yes, he suffered. Yes, we too. We go through all that too. But at the end, he was glorified. And we too, whatever the challenges are, or will be, or may come, the state tribulation will come, we will be glorified. Amen. That is who we are. And that's the confidence that God wants us to, you know, to, to go out with this earth. 
you know, I'm not really going through the nose, I'm just keeping it and jumping. And one thing with me, it's just that in reality, does it mean that we don't face challenges? Does it mean that somehow fear does not come? Sometimes they do. That's the truth. I get scared too. That's the honest truth. But when I'm fearful, I go back to the word of God. And God's word encourages me. And one thing for me, when I go back to the word of God, one of my favorite Bible passages in Luke chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 5. You know, Luke chapter 12. It's 12, 5 or 5, 12. It says that, I will show you, son of man, whom you should fear. He says, don't fear anybody. He says, fear, the only person you should fear is God, who has the power. Do you understand? To carry one into hell. That's the only person. And when I read that word, believe me, every other fear bounces off me. Because I shake off the fear through in the word of God. So, things will come. But the way you combat it is the word. When this enemy came to tempt Jesus and he threw all manner of things, how did Jesus, was Jesus just, was Jesus casting him and binding him? You know, he just spoke the word. It is written. It is written. And I, the enemy did not argue with him. Because it is written. That's the truth. So, that is therein lies in our success in the world. The success of the transformed mind. And our mind can only be transformed through the word of God and in the place of prayer. Who are we? And as I read, and then... Uh, Second Chronicles, what I want to encourage us is that it's not just alone that we believe this thing, but we too must become doers. Actions must be carried out. It's not just, you, you can believe a man of a lot of things, but you must take action. And if you read that account in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 20 from verse 21 to 25, and I'll just read it quickly. He says, when they are consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. And who should praise the beauty of holiness? This is at the valley of Jehoshaphat, the Jehoshaphat story. It says, And they went up before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. He says, Now they were doing something now. After they had told them they would have victory. He said, But when he says, Now when they began, they, were, they took an action to sing and praise. He says, Then the Lord began to move, set ambush, amb ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mansiah who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants, and I stopped there, because they took a step. It's not just that. When God told the children of Israel, I'm bringing you out of Egypt, they had prayed. Did they pray? They did. And when it was time for them to move, they had to get up to move. Were they trials? Yes, they were trials. But if they didn't move, Sometimes all of us wants to see the end. We want to see everything played out to the end, out of the victory. It doesn't work that way. If they had not caught into the Red Sea, they would never have discovered that the Red Sea could pass. That is the honest truth. So when God says we should take a step, that's why our currency is, is, is faith. You take that step, not knowing. Abraham, if Abraham did not take that step, Today, they will not be 
in Israel. God said, just leave your house. Back up. You don't know where you're going. I'm being with you. I'm giving you a promised land. Just, just believe my word. Just take it. And he took it. And today, we see. Do you understand where I'm coming from? They call him the father of faith. Did he have his own challenges? Yes, he did. But just because he took that word in faith, today, we talk about him. Today, we are beneficiary of that faith that he took. So, successful Christians, we must be one that is a doer. Let's not hide behind shyness. Yes, sometimes it's awkward. I, I can tell you the truth. I don't like going to knock at people's door I, I, to go and evangelize. I am a shy person. That is the truth. But I can tell you that the person that I'm knocking at to is also shy. <laughs> he also feels awkward. You <laughs> know, oh, what's the person coming? What am I Do you understand where I'm coming from? So you shake it off and approach. And you'll be surprised the conversation where it will lead to. And that's the, that's the reality of life. So that is a successful Christian. So that Bible passage I'm talking is actually Luke chapter 12, verse 5. So who is the successful Christian? One that is fully dependent on the Holy Spirit. Because when we study the Word, we understand the man, the person of the Holy Spirit. And one thing that we do with the person of the Holy Spirit, we let him lead the way. And I'll quickly try to quickly summarize for you a lot of things that we need to go through. But, and the word of God says in Romans 8.14, it says, For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Those are the people. And another thing for the successful Christian is that we must, when I say we must walk with the Holy Spirit, it simply means putting it that we must pray, develop the habit of praying at least 15 minutes in the spiritual language every day. That means praying in tongues. If you don't have that gift, please let us pray at the end of the service. Because one thing that when we pray in the Spirit, Jude 1.20 says, Beloved, he says, Beloved, building your faith, your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Because when we say we build up our faith, it's by praying in the spiritual language. Somehow he builds us up spiritually without us realizing that is why in NLT version, I like it as, it's, as the NLT puts it, NLT puts it in Romans 8, 26, from verse 20. He says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. He says, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit pray for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. He says, and the Father, that is God, our Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. No wonder Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he says, you know what? I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. That was his success. Constantly praying the Spirit. One that came, became the last, let me call it the 12th apostle. But yet he became the chief of apostles. Why? He spoke in tongues more than everybody else. That spiritual language, we negate it somehow. I know, you know, when I go into prayer sometimes, if I tell, if we call a prayer meeting, I'm talking now, naturally, I'm just telling as it is in the region, in Ireland, here, in the region. We 
call a prayer and say, let's pray in the spirit. Maybe only 60 people will log in. If you say, ah, let's pray deliverance prayer or let's pray with understanding. And I'm telling you literally reality. You have over 120 people come. That's the truth. Because we want to pray what we think is the right prayer. Because it makes us feel good. Do you understand? That somehow I've offloaded. But it doesn't change anything. Because we are here to live for God. The life that we live, when we give our life to Christ, what we've done is, it is no longer I who live. That is what we said to God. But it is Jesus that lives in me. So, if you like, say what you want to say. You have already handed your life over to the Father, and therefore He rules and guides. It doesn't matter what you say. You are custodian of the children that God has blessed you with. It doesn't matter what the children say. Do you understand where I'm coming from? It's what you say. It's within your jurisdiction. And so, we should change ourselves. And God wants us to be truly successful, but it comes at a price. And that price simply means we must take an actionable step in this world. We do it. Just take it. Just believe it. He says, believe the prophets and you will be established. Just take it. Because one thing with success is when I say that we must be do that, because the word of God says in um, first Timothy, um, first, I mean, Titus 1.16, it says, they profess to know God and God wants that to change. That's, many of us, we call ourselves Christians. Do you understand? He said, but in works, they deny him. That the actions that you take is is, uh, is the opposite to what the word of God is saying. And that's what he's saying. And he now says, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified of or for every good work. So he goes back to our intentionality to be successful. That is the truth. And it lies with us. And it's a choice. Like God has said, the life and death I present to you. But he encouraged us to choose life. He wouldn't force us. I was telling my children and my daughter yesterday night. And I said, God wants us to be successful. Let's forget that idea of, yes, that by the grace of God, we won't make it to heaven by his special grace. But I don't want the story to be like the man that died by the cross, by Jesus Christ. He entered heaven. He lived his life how he wanted to live. But at the nick of time, he slipped in. He made it. I'm happy for him. That's the truth. But I want to live a fulfilled life here also and make it because Christ came to pay that price so that I can live a fulfilled life here. Because in heaven, we won't be working. We won't be paying gas bill, electricity bill. We won't be going to school. <laughs> All those things are not necessary. Those things are, no. It's here. We won't be driving cars. We won't be thinking of houses. And No, no. It's here. So that success, that's what God wants us to enjoy here in this part of eternity. With so much time spent, let's just take ourselves before God and begin to pray.
the word of God in John, John, I mean John chapter 3, verse 30. He says that he must increase, but I must decrease. So let's pray that Father, come and increase in me. Your plan for us is to be successful, is for all to prosper, be in good health. Now, where people are struggling in health is not sure will. You have paid the ultimate price. You are bruised for us. The chastisement that you took was for what? To heal us in death. All the pain that you receive is to heal us. You've paid the price already. You became poor that we become rich. Father, we take that mantle today knowing who we are. That we are sons and daughters of you. We are priests and we are kings here on earth. We are God in this earth. Because God who is in us, Christ in us, is greater than everything other thing in this earth. And we walk in that greatness in the name of Jesus Christ. We receive faith, almighty God, to go and advance this week. Conquer as you have ordained us to conquer. In the name of Jesus. Every cause of shyness, of timidness, Father, let your anointing destroy it now. In the name of Jesus Christ. We are awake now into glory. And this is who we are in you in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless and praise your name. We just give you all the glory of us. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Praise God.